Welcome to the In the Money podcast for KeelanSelect.com for opening day of the fall meet, Friday, October 2nd. I'm Tom Leach, along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. Going to take a look at a couple of stakes races and the late pick four as well. Jim, let's start with the grade one Darley Alcibiades for two-year-old fillies going a mile and a 16th. Kenny McPeak has three in here. Brad Cox trying to win it for the second straight year. How do you see the Alcibiades? Well, I think Kenny's horse on the outside is simply ravishing off that uh, effort at Saratoga when they, they thought she was a turf horse. They, they took it off the turf, and she ran seven furlongs in 121 and four, so uh, one by six and a half. Uh, it was a four-horse field, though, so I'm not sure that anyone buyer kind of sticks out here, but you, you've got some question marks about how good the field was if it was an originally scheduled for turf, and then they, she just blew them away. But they obviously think that she's got a she's got a good future, and Kenny gets them ready for this race. He's, he he points to this race every uh, every fall. Uh, I like Asmussen's horse though a little bit better. I thought that that the the race at at Saratoga, the Grade Two Adirondack, uh, again a short field, only only five horses. But this horse went off at even money up there, one by five lengths. Um, didn't really break a sweat and uh, did the six and a half furlongs at 117 and one. Uh, should like to stretch out out of Tappet. Uh, I, I think is a $950,000 purchase uh, as, a, as a yearling. So this horse has got some got some ability. Uh, the buyer numbers are not that great, 69 for the winning Adirondack, but uh, sometimes with these two year olds, you can't depend on those. So I'm thinking that this horse. Broke his broker maiden, and then came back and won a graded two stakes race by five lengths. Got to be some real talent there. Uh, other than that, the peaks uh, Olivia the Desert. I don't think uh, threatens these. Um, I think Crazy Beautiful is probably his second best shot in here after Simply Ravishing, and she ran second in the Grade Three Pocahontas at Churchill at a mile. Um, comes from way out of it. Don't know how that will play on the Keeneland track. But it's a, it's a not as good a renewal of the, of the Alcibiades as it usually is. We usually have 12 or 14 horses in here, so the Phillies are kind of spread out this year. If you maybe bet somebody to win, I would take thoughtfully, and I'm going to probably only go two or three deep in the pick four here. I ended up on Crazy Beautiful, uh, the other McPeak that uh, that you mentioned. He's got three, but the... The uh, other one, Olivia the Desert, looks to be a, a bit of a stretch. So, Crazy Beautiful had a lot of trouble on that Pocahontas. Um, Dale Romans had a nice filly that uh, won the race, but uh, Crazy Beautiful would have been right there had she been able to get a cleaner trip, and that would have made her three for three. So, I ended up taking her on top. I took Travel Column next, mainly on the Brad Cox angle. This horse was uh, an impressive first out winner. Uh, at uh, around Derby at uh, Churchill, and I went back and looked. And British Idiom, who won this race last year for Cox, and then won the Breeders' Cup, had only a six furlong debut win to her credit when she came to the Darley Alcibiades. So I took that one, and then I took Gramercy next. So uh, I'm on some couple of different ones here, and I just took that one. I went and watched the race that she won. Yeah, it was Polytrack, and I knew she won when I watched the replay, and I still was surprised she won. It was incredibly impressive. So maybe she didn't beat anything. Uh, maybe she won't handle the move to dirt. I did talk to trainer Owen Hardy, and he said that uh, she's trained 
on dirt. It doesn't show any timed workouts, but she has trained on it. He thinks she'll be fine. He thinks she'll love the distance. So um, I threw that one in there. Just you know, It's a Godolphin filly who um, showed a, a special closing kick, and uh, if she can reproduce that, uh, she could be dangerous here. And I think simply ravishing and, and thoughtfully would be the others um, that I'm going to use when we get to the pick four. The grade two stall Keenan Ogden Phoenix is the previous race on the card, the eighth, six furlongs on this classic. And uh, I ended up on no parole in here. I uh, talked to trainer Tom Amos uh, for a, a Keeneland uh, interview that's on the YouTube channel. And he um, said that no parole really lost his race before he ever got to the starting gate up at Saratoga last time. He was uh, just losing it mentally, the horse was, when he came to the paddock that day at Saratoga. So I'm just going to draw a line through that race and focus on the grade one Woody Stevens win with a 100 buyer, just a very impressive performance. And um, if this horse runs back to that, I think he's going to be really hard to beat. And you might get a little bit of a more of a price than I think you probably should off what happened last time. I used Midnight Sands second, second U.S. start coming here for trainer Brendan Walsh, and this horse is working great, and I like that Rosario is is riding, and from the outside uh, can stalk the speed and uh, be in a good spot turning for home. Uh, we use Whitmore next, loves this track, and uh, I'm he's a, just an old class horse, so I'll cut him some slack for that last race and think the cut back to six furlongs might be the ticket for him. You know, if Coppertown runs anything close to that narrow loss here at Keeneland to CZ Rocket this summer, uh, that race would be uh, awfully interesting here. And I'm going to give you one more here, and it's uh, Shusha Shake Me Up. Big price, but if you draw a line through everything that's not a six or a seven furlong race, his form looks really good. And uh, this is six furlongs. So if there, if a speed duel develops, this one could come running late at a big price. Uh, so that might be one to focus on in your trifectas but my win pick is no parole how about you you know these horses that you won money on in the past you you send you tend to bring them back up yes right? i'm i'm loyal that way <laughs> yeah just sh- sh- shake me up one at oakland at 49 to one on april 5th so yeah she uh, uh, he doesn't he doesn't owe me anything unlike many others <laughs> um, yeah i'm sure yeah um i I, I struggle with this race. I, I thought that there's a lot of ways you can go here. It, it's a very, very good betting race. Uh, if Whitmore had not thrown in that clunker in the forego, I would think he would be a heavy favorite here. I think he threw in the clunker because it's seven furlongs and because it was a sloppy track. And he's up against uh, a, a tough field that day. I, I just It did not go his way that, that day. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing uh, that you're gonna do with no parole. I'm just gonna draw a line to the forego. And if Whitmore's coming in here off that Vanderbilt race, where he lost to, by a length and a quarter to Volatile, who is now retired as the number one ranking sprinter this year, uh, I think Whitmore would be seven to five here. Um, he's not gonna be that kind of price simply because he did throw in a clunker. So. I'm going to spread out here in the in the race simply because I, I I am questioning he may not be quite as good as he used to be, but he likes Keeneland. He's 12 for 22 lifetime at this distance, and he's made over $3 million. So he's my favorite here. I'm going to use Diamond Oops for being cone. That last race that Churchill got up on the turf, which is not his preferred surface, 
Uh, you got a 105 buyer at Gulfstream back in December. Uh, he runs a big one here. He's, he's got a shot. Uh, Echo Town from Asmussen did not fire in the Pat Day Mile, uh, but again, a little further than he wants to go. Very consistent mid 90 buyers. Lexitonian is a horse that I think has a shot at the price here. Uh, ran big in the four go. Only got beat two and a half lengths um, after coming out of the Bing Crosby. The Grade One only got beat by nose out there. He's always right there. He, he has not been able to handle Whitmore in the past, but he did finish a, a half length out in this race last year. So I think Lexitonian uh, merits a long look here. And I also like Midnight Sands on the outside for Brendan Walsh because he has a real license to step forward in that second North America start. He had a 1:15 time form. Uh, in the UAE, and uh, that translates well to a mid-90s buyer over here. So uh, I think it's a wide-open race uh, because of Whitmore's question marks. I'm going to go deep, but I would still take Whitmore to win. Let's go to the uh, late pick four. It starts in the seventh, uh, and then the uh, that's a, a non-winners of one allowance at a mile and an eighth on the turf, and then the last leg is a maiden special weight for two-year-olds going a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. So uh, tell me what your pick four ticket looks like. Yeah, three three horses in the seventh race in that allowance. I'm going to use uh, Quiet Dignity for Mike Maker, uh, coming off a longer uh, race at at Saratoga. Uh, should have plenty of stamina. Stamina should, should like to cut back. I'm also going to use I Hear You for Stidham and Gaffleone, a lightly raced Philly with only three lifetime starts that ran really well. Churchill only got beat three-quarters length last time out. And luck money for Arnaud Delacour, uh, a very underrated trainer who always gets them ready. And luck money ran big at, at Kentucky Downs. If he repeats that one, uh, or she repeats that one, uh, she's right there as well. So I'm going to try three deep in the first leg, two, five, eight. Uh, the Stokeen and Ogden Phoenix, I am going to go six deep here with um, Whitmore, the three, Diamond Oops, the four, no Parole, the 5, Echo Town, the 6, Lexitonia, the 9, and Midnight Sands, the 12. And then the Darley Alcibiades, I'm going to I'm gonna stand with my two horses here, uh, thoughtfully and simply ravishing, the 1 and the 7. And then in the Maiden Special Weight, uh, I narrowed this down to three horses. Might, might be a little thin here, but didn't really want to spend a whole lot more thinking that Whitmore is going to win that Phoenix in my sixth spread might not be... Uh, worth much i'm gonna use three horses in here i'm gonna use tom Drury's storming lion the two horse uh coming off a, a good effort at ellis um my top pick is royal prince the three for brad cox this horse ran ran at uh kentucky downs and this is a maiden race where you've got a horse that crossed the wire first and crossed the wire very impressively uh the race if you remember the starting gate had a malfunction so two horses were still behind the starting gate so they wiped that race out but he, he won uh, he won the race <laughs> legitimately. He just didn't count. So I think Royal Prince, it could be a single here because he, he was very impressive at Kentucky Downs and uh, after running well at Ellis Park. And then I'm also going to use first-time starter for Chad Brown, Narmer, the 11, just because it's Chad Brown and Joel Rosario. And this horse had a remarkable 48-flat work at Monmouth on September 27th. So going three deep there with a 2-3-11. So my pick four ticket is 2 5 eight with three four five six nine twelve with one seven with two three eleven for fifty four dollars i am going to play a bit of a price on top in the uh, seventh race choate bridge 
Um, this horse uh, won at a mile and an eighth last year, last spring. Uh, looked really good. Came back in a graded stake and then was off for over a year. And then they bring it the horse back at Kentucky Downs and he shows good speed and then fades off that long layoff. And uh, I think uh, for Brendan Walsh, this horse is uh, going to improve tremendously. And I think a uh, mile and an eighth is just exactly the kind of distance he will love. So I think he's got a shot here to uh, give you a good price to start off the late pick four. But I'm also going to use Quiet Dignity and Luck Money, two of the ones you mentioned. And if not for wanting to uh, keep the ticket uh, a little more manageable, I would add the five also. Uh, I hear you. I like that one, but I'm going to go one, two, eight. I'm going to take uh, all the ones I mentioned: one, three, five, eight, twelve in the Phoenix, uh, leaning on no parole. The uh, Darley Alcibiades. Uh, I'm using uh, the two McPeak fillies I like: Crazy Beautiful and Simply Ravishing, plus Travel Column, Gramercy, and Thoughtfully. And then I'm like you. I, I could single Royal Prince, and if you want to do that, that would make my ticket thirty-seven dollars and fifty cents. I'm going to throw in. Hoist the mainsail coming out of the same race that ran well for McPeak. So I'm going to use that one also and make it a $75 ticket. Uh, but uh, you could certainly pare it down, I think, and, and single Royal Prince. I, I think he's going to be awfully hard to beat in that last race. Um, the others I looked at were uh, Narmer for Chad Brown, the angles you mentioned, and Conquest Windy City, who ran well at Kentucky Downs 2 for Maker. And then um, I didn't throw in the Tom Drury horse, but that uh, – you know, that one uh, certainly merits respect, too. I think, um, it, you know, if Royal Prince for some reason doesn't run, I think it's really wide open. So, uh, one two eight with one three five eight twelve with one two four six seven with three seven for a $75 ticket for me. Best of luck on getting the fall meet started off on a winning note on Friday. And then Saturday is a stakes-laden card, and that'll be our next edition of the In the Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com.